0: Hey everyone, and welcome back to BPX Breakroom, broadcast live each Wednesday at 12pm Eastern in Twitter spaces at Radish Digital, that's digital with a J, a show that breaks down all the opportunities and explanations in the Blockpacks ecosystem. I'm Discord user Jen Khan, not just host of BPX Breakroom, but also one of the largest whales in the BPX ecosystem and now without further delay let's hear from this week's guest co-host
1: welcome everyone to bpx break room i'm discord user slappy white i'm sitting in for gen con and we're excited to talk today with the guest co-host leone or you might know him as le1 as he sometimes goes by but never likes to so we're going to start off um we're i'm going to leave the icebreaker for jen and we're going to go straight to your background so leone your background, let's talk about it. You have a mixture of engineering and marketing. So tell us about where it began for you. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, So I went to college for computer science, um,
2: came out with uh, a degree and started working in enterprise tech as a software and hardware engineer. So um, I worked for a company called EMC. They were Acquired by Dell several years ago. I wasn't there during that acquisition, but um, doing a lot of engineering, right? And, uh, you know, behind a keyboard, not interacting with a lot of folks and... uh, I hit that point where I said, all right, there's a gap in the enterprise tech world um, where you have the engineering teams, you have the the marketing teams, and there's not a good intermediary between those two. They're different kinds of people. Um, They're different kinds of workers. So I kind of started adopting this, this role of, hey – I'm going to take all the deep technology oriented things that we're working on, and I want to be able to boil it up so somebody who is less technical, maybe it's a marketer, maybe it's uh, uh, an executive, can understand the importance and the value of these things in their terms, right? Hey, how is it going to save time? How is it going to save money for a potential customer? So that's when I started kind of branching into um, the marketing world, and then uh, I wanted more. I, I, I like bleeding edge tech. I like kind of understanding what everybody's doing, not just one company. So then I went and worked for an analyst firm and analysts for the most part, our role is monitoring the entire enterprise technology market based on certain segments. So when you think enterprise tech, you know, think data centers, think business software, Um, Think analytics, think cybersecurity. There's all different tech vendors that are playing in all those different areas. Um, My job today as a principal analyst is covering the entirety of the analytics and AI market today and understanding what all of the, of the technology vendors in that space are doing, how it's going to impact the world, um, who those the customers are, who the prospects are, what they care about, and serving as that intermediary between those customers and the vendors. And when I say vendors, um, there's loads of them, right? So I know a lot of folks have probably heard of like OpenAI and ChatGPT. I'm working with five at least five, if not more, vendors closely on their message related to ChatGPT and generative AI and all that kind of stuff. That's just one example. So the area of coverage I focus on, analytics and AI, think of every major enterprise tech vendor, and I'm either talking directly to them or through some kind of other person who knows everything that's going on there and then helping strategize and consult. So it's it's awesome. I mean, I'm living on the bleeding edge hearing from some of the top minds in these areas and, um, taking
1: away from that conversation to really help,
2: um, strategize them going forward.
1: So Leone, you don't sound like you're very excited though, to be in this field. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> you, you you sound passionate and, and what's the, did you mention the years? Like what's your time frame? How long have you been in this industry?
2: Yeah. So, uh, the analyst, the analyst role, I've, I've been doing this for about 11 years now. Um, and it's not just like, it's, it's, it's all emerging tech, really. So there was a period of time, um, I'd say, you know, five or six years ago when all these enterprise vendors wanted to get into the blockchain space that I was covering blockchain specifically, not obviously NFTs, which I don't think ties into enterprise technology. <laughs> uh, but yeah, covering like blockchain and its feasibility to support enterprise use cases, whether it's... Um, You know, manufacturing or supply chain and how blockchain could help enable that. And, you know, there was a ton of companies that were trying uh, to bring different products to market um, in that space. So that's just one example. But that emerging, the emerging tech areas is pretty exciting.
1: And so I also want to just touch on your engineering to marketing conversion. I worked at General Dynamics and worked in their armament system. So we did things like M2 Mark 19, Mark 47, the Gatling gun. And you are not like most engineers. You are extremely um, uh, verbose, excitable. (laughs) And I mean, did you recognize that about yourself, that you weren't like your fellow man and woman? (laughs) I I don't know.
2: I think it's more of a personality thing. Very quickly you realize like, okay, um, don't get me wrong. There's stereotypes about engineers that I think are, uh, let's say, exacerbated a little.
1: Um, Sure. Like where where they're, we always hear they're like sexy and they're like, you know, and, and, and successful and all that. It's like, you're right. They're not all sexy, right? That's, that's what you want to dispel.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Exactly. No. uh, So, I mean, I think that um, folks are being exposed to more holistic um, educational backgrounds in these areas where it's not just engineering. They recognize that there needs to be a level of business acumen that they have to be aware of, right? And I mean, at when I was doing the engineering stuff, that was not the case. Um, you're not gonna find the folks that were excited to talk to uh, marketing teams. They just didn't want to. like, stay away from me, Let me go heads down in a closet. Nobody bother me. I have what I need to do, and off we go. I, I couldn't do that. So, um, I did things, you know, in college. Uh, where this became very apparent where we had teams of folks that would do projects together, right? And everybody would have different roles and different aspects of the project, whether it was uh, – you know, code this feature, add this capability. And then there was the folks that were like, QA, make sure it works. And then there was the folks that were like, all right, who's going to lead the presentation to all of the deans at our school? And that's like, oh, Mike's doing that. Like, you can lead the presentation. You understand the tech stuff. I don't enjoy it as much, uh, mostly because it's a lot of pressure to hit the timelines. Whereas, oh, I need to tell a story and make it seem awesome and valuable give me that role i like that uh so i don't know and
1: and and, and so leone before we get into i i want to with your perspective i can't wait to hear some of your thoughts about block packs i also know you're true so you're not going to hold back but i guess the question i would ask before we move over to block packs is with your enthusiasm your foresight and your passion Did you consider going down the entrepreneurial route? Because I I completely see you saying, I'm going to start my own business. So I did that and I did it in college.
2: So this is, this is actually a pretty wild story. Um, So I was a junior in college. I went to a small liberal arts school in Massachusetts um, and there were seven graduating seniors uh from the computer science program uh, like an amazing hidden gem of a program there were three professors that were all connected we all had t- loads of opportunities for work or graduate programs if we wanted to so my junior year uh, one of the professors and i started working together and we had this idea so i don't know if you guys remember way back in the day um like uh they had pdas right cell phones like we have today didn't exist yet uh, the only way that there was kind of a graphical interface was on a PDA. It was made by Palm, the company Palm, right? And I, we had this idea. And the idea was, hey, right now, like Blockbuster was a thing, right? Uh, and yeah, it's hilarious when you think about how much has changed, right? But uh, you have these companies and everybody had like a membership program. Everybody had like a barcode and you could go in and get rewards. Still, it, I mean, it happens everywhere today, right? So we founded, or tried to found anyway, um, a company, and the whole presence was digitizing barcodes on personal cellular devices. Now, it was to a point where we were presenting to VCs and we were trying to get funding. And when it got squashed was, you know, we went to go file a patent on the idea of having barcodes be displayed on on devices, on device screens, because the capabilities were good enough then. And uh, another entity had already uh, filed a patent on something very similar. So I like to always say, hey, you know, when you go to check in for like uh, an airline and you go flash your phone with the barcode on it to say, oh yeah, I'm in, uh, or I'm on this flight or whatever. Anything, by the way. I mean, paying at a mcdonald's using your app or something like that i don't know um donuts app all all those things uh i i was a month away from patenting that that was that was my company that would have been my company so that's like that's where all of it started and founding my own company but man i got a family now i'm busy it's hard to dedicate that much time to work so I do what I'm passionate about and I put all of that I can into it. But I really like the downtime and you don't get a lot of downtime when you're leading companies. That's
1: one thing I've definitely seen. Well, and and we were talking before about um, before the show about how you came to block packs and, and, and the blockchain. But certainly you've shared with us I'm, from a from a passion and an industry perspective is that that's what brought you to the blockchain. So tell us about how you found block packs in particular. You know what it was so don't say a Facebook I, I, ad I, don't say a Facebook ad uh, uh, <laughs> okay I won't
2: uh, that was actually it but I'll tell you why that I was even seeing the ad that's probably the more important part right <laughs> okay uh, why why would the ad even be present on my newsfeed and by the way I don't go on Facebook a lot either which is probably the funniest part but um <laughs> I I've always been a collector uh, of physical cards. Um and it's been like an up and down process for me. Uh, it's kind of a roller coaster ride. Sometimes I'll go super heavy and really be into it for months and other times I just be like downtime and you know I'm kind of losing interest. I'm not liking what's on the market or what's coming out or what pricing looks like. So before the card market went insane, um I was joining breaks and you know trying to do some PC stuff and it's always hard to focus in areas, but in any case, uh then the card market went nuts and it was more like man, I really wish there was a way to kind of get the collection vibe without spending insane amounts of money chasing like modern cards. I'm, I'm a big believer and I think like modern cards is overdoing it right now, right? It's like, I don't need 27 parallels of one player in one set and then release another set a month later and have another 27 part. Like, I think that's insane. Um, so when I hit that tipping point, on the card industry is going insane. I went down like a vintage path, a hard vintage path. And I I was trying to focus on MBA and vintage. And uh, then I was trying to figure out, all right, well, people aren't chasing vintage. they want all the modern people. And then whatever happened, I went, I log in Facebook. And I see the ad on Facebook and I was like, digital. I don't, I don't even know what the advertising, it was something that was like, there's no way this is real, which I get has always been a challenge for Frenchie uh but i was like all right like i'll give this a whirl like what do i have to lose and by the way digital collecting was something i've done forever like i don't know if anybody who's played in like tops Bunt, like when they first released that app it wasn't blockchain based it was just the digital thing so I was like oh that's cool i can get that same feeling of like having a collection it's digital i can still trade with people that's cool But it still lacked that, like, oh, this is actually real and I can hold this. And there were points of, like, this is kind of silly. Like, great. I have another digital autograph. Who cares?
1: Do you you own the – speaking of tops, do you own the season one on wax? No. What is that? I don't even know what that is. So before I don't know if you've been to Topps NFTs, but before Topps NFTs, there's actually a season one, which they released on wax. It's kind of like the MCU. Are they part of the MCU or not? And it's they are technically part in their roadmap at Topps. Eventually they'll bring it back. But it's the grail for for Topps baseball collectors. They are, they build sets on wax, which it's, we will get into that in another time, but I'm curious hearing you talk about those. I will say, you bringing up your experience and how the Facebook advertisement how it just it seemed to target you perfectly and we have never asked caroline about this and she's been on she comes on you know the different shows occasionally but i, I want to ask her about that it's such a constant thread i would love to hear their feeling about that facebook ad i'm also curious how much they're continuing to use facebook ads because clearly it worked and i'm not sure if they changed their strategy with that or if facebook changed how they're allowing companies to use the data right And today's world you never know which one it is. Yeah, it's it, it and it's it's
2: I, I'm very curious on like the algorithm that they went after to figure out all right, these are the right sure. people. The the other I mean and I'd say I know that initially Frankie was really big on hey, we need to figure out how to honor the in real life collectors with this digital platform and I think very quickly uh he realized and we're all realizing like oh man, that's a really tough nut to crack like yeah. these 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 you know shop owners they don't they, they think all the digital stuff is insane like no why why do i change i just need to no, keep I... ripping wax and doing my breaks hey. the way i'm doing it
1: I, I agree with you, which is if if blockpacks can figure out how to convert normies on a large scale, then they should just sell off the company and then their, their business will be onboarding normies for other projects because they will make far more money and build a much larger business learning how to onboard normies. The, if you can crack that nut that will be an extremely valuable business. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't want Jeff to leave Blockpacks, but but let's get into that in terms of the business, is before we hear about which silos of BPX you're involved in, Leonie, mm-hmm. let's hear just from your general perspective, is that you know, you're know you an industry analyst, companies come to you, you, you speak at different events, you certainly have the background to look at what Blockpacks is doing in this field. And so when you view BPX as a whole, if they were a client, what's the one business level decision you would recommend for them? Give, give us a freebie. Give them a oh, freebie. Oh, man. So if anybody on Blockpacks is listening,
2: <laughs> I'm going to preface anything and everything I say here with, I absolutely love this, right? I love the community. I love the company. I love everything Frank she's doing. I want it to grow. I, I'm an OG. I was in before pretty much everybody uh, with all the other folks that started right away. Um, for me... I think it needs to be a better balance than what we're seeing today on the messaging, marketing, and on-ramp. Um, the last thing I want to see, frankly, right now, I don't want to see another project. I don't want to see another game. I don't want to see any of that. Let's take what's working and make it. And I'm using air quotes here, enterprise ready. Right. So if I'm a if I'm a normie collector and I'm going to come into this, the level of technical complexity that you need to really abstract away is massive. And they haven't, they've tried to abstract that away and they're trying to, but it's definitely still hard, right? For that on-ramp to succeed, you need to be able to combine what they're used to, which is like management simplicity, like one touch enablement, The whole concept of, like, you need to have a wallet, you need to have a security phrase, you need to be on the right device, you need to have make sure you're logged in correctly, Uh, you need to interact with this contract in a new way, the only way you can sell it is on OpenSea. Like, all of these different components add such a level of complexity that it still needs to be super simplified. And once it's simplified, then you can go heavy on the marketing. So you can't market until it's actually simple. The last thing you want to do is market over promise and a new user comes in and they're like, uh, what the hell? Like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, I've never done this. So making all the blockchain components invisible to the user is so, so, so important. And by the way, like you see companies that are doing this. Right? I, I know when I was talking to Jamps, Topshot does a really good job of this where you can't even tell you're on the blockchain. You just can't. Right. And it's not core blockchain, but it's kind of a side chain. And by the way, another company that's doing this, um, I've played in it a little uh, HRO and and the stuff that they're doing with DC. If you go in there, that's all blockchain based. Right. You can't tell as a user. So they have a bigger uh, they have the ability to on ramp users super fast. It feels like it's a normal interaction you can't tell blockchain is there there is still the transparency if you want to go deep but it's not required and i think that that is literally the biggest barrier to all of this getting bigger is that simplicity and on-ramp and quote-unquote hiding those technical complexities
1: well there there's a lot to unpack there and i would agree with you on hro and what's interesting about hro right is that you can sell your cards in their marketplace or you can actually take it to the chain and sell it directly there where you're picking up eth so it's interesting that they they whereas a lot of uh folks like uh nfl all day or top shots to your point is they hide the blockchain hro gives you the option do you want to choose the red pill or do you want to choose the blue pill and they what? let you go that way um tito is that i had a couple other questions for you but i don't want to get too far uh, i see tito's up on stage and tito did you have a question or comment for leone oh okay it's not just me then and the, same issue <laughs> with you leone
2: yeah, I couldn't it was very static. You couldn't hear it.
1: All right. So uh Tito, it sounds like you might have a, a reception issue with your cell. Um either that or you're being uh tortured right now. All right. I, I'm gonna so Tito, I just removed you from speaking, but feel free just to come back up and we'll we'll try it again. Um so Leone, I did want to ask about um when you were talking about when I asked you what what's the one thing that as an as an analyst, you look at the BPX and say, Hey, I would do this. And you said, No, nothing, no more silos right now. So when you look at things like home team heroes and the daily fantasy sports, which is coming, right? When you look at those two things, everybody says, Hey, when are we gonna get it? When are we gonna get it? And of course, Blockpacks doesn't have uh an a giant engineering team, right? There's Entropy and and there's a few others. We I'm not sure their names because uh Caroline always talks about the engineering team which we're all grateful for. But do you think part of that also is purposeful to your point about the newness, the additional silos, the understanding new eco parts of the ecosystem? do you think part of the issue is, hey, we're not going to heavily invest in engineering because it gives us a natural way to slow down and introduce products, right? If they had all the engineers in the world, they could be dropping stuff on us left and right already.
2: Yeah, it's kind of, you know, I'm super excited for Home Team Heroes, like (laughs) really, really, really excited. I think that's going to be so fun. Um, But I'll say this, right? If you're a new user and you see that, and it's like, oh, BPX does what, and what, and what, and what, and what? Like, it's really complex. So I'll tell you what my fear is for HTH. I'm One, I'm excited for it and I'm going to be prepared and organized. And my coding background, I have a way to make sure that I can instantly see a whole inventory of everything I own in this ecosystem, right? I built that myself because I think it's a competitive advantage when you're looking to trade or understand what's going on. Um, but... I'm, I'm nervous that there isn't going to be a management interface to be able to track what's earning and how much it's earning, right? Like when I think daily fantasy, I can log into a leaderboard. I can see who's playing. Uh, I can see real time stats. Um, I'm worried that that level of transparency isn't going to be part of it and whatever, right? We're still going to earn BPX. We're still going to get excited. We're still going to trade. We're still going to do all those things. But every time when management components are fall by the wayside, just because you don't have enough time, um, that will serve as a deterrent for wider adoption. It just will. So what we end up seeing is eh, maybe we get a few new users in these different silos, but it's all the OGs. We're all in it. We're in the next silo because we recognize and understand the whole ecosystem. Um, we have good footing in all those different silos to understand its impact and how it earns points. Um, but even on the point side, that's it, there's not a level of transparency. It took me raising my hand and being like, hey, can I do a leaderboard? Can I help here?
1: Yeah, and and, and and along those lines, Leone. why don't you tell folks who are listening, I, I think newer folks might not be familiar with this. It, a lot of folks saw a leaderboard and people just assumed this was BPX. So tell us what happened, what you did. Yeah, for the
2: most part, and, and some of you know this, and I do not want to see an influx by anyone. Um, because, there were, I mean, look back at where this all started, right? Uh, with Raz and then eventually IMs. So if you're a... Uh, buyer a big buyer you're opening hundreds of packs all different all different folks that or all different ims different parallels like if you had to go through 700 ims uh and organize that right first off that's a pain i want i the way i have it set up i click a button and i get the whole thing organized for me right all right so now i have my foundation then it's like what should i trade how much is that worth when it comes to point totals, do I make a rainbow? Do I have a complete set? Um, I I started doing that at a personal level or myself and like two of my buddies who I really forced into doing this with me because if I got rugged, I wanted to get rugged with somebody else I knew um, just because that's the name of the game in the NFT space, right? I think that's the fear. And then obviously we learn Frenchie's awesome and he's committed and he has his face out there. and That's super, super important. Um but it started there where I was just like doing some management for myself. And then obviously you find like the groups of folks that you align with and get along with, and you form those different groups. So then I'm doing that at, at, at a scale for a group now and they're awesome. And we're, we're sharing ideas and building these this functionality out um, to include, it's more than I am, right? It's up here a lot. How much is the set worth? Uh, what, what do I need to treat to maximize my point totals? And I found myself saying, "Crap, I really wonder where I stand compared to everybody else in this ecosystem." Um, and I knew it was it was possible, but what, poor block packs, right? Everybody in the Discord, can we have an updated leaderboard? That's not accurate. I want an updated yeah. leaderboard. Do you have an updated leaderboard? Can you send me the attachment? Oh, that's old. That's not accurate. Blah blah blah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, this is silly. They have a lot on their plate if I can take some of the things that I've already been doing and modify it a little um, to be able to deliver somewhat real time uh, representation of what the leaderboard looks like based on the point totals and the sets and rainbows and all that, um, I'm happy to do that. Right. And uh, they were more than willing to say, yes, thank God, somebody can help. We don't have enough resources to be able to support all the requests coming in. And that's kind of really where this was born.
1: Well, in, I think one of the things that Blockpacks does is that they appreciate things like Leonie, you doing the, the point leader board, whether it's Radish doing community content, they understand that the more folks like you and I do these things, the more invested we are in the community, the more we in invite in other people and make them invest in the community. So long term, it's very good for Blockpacks to do this because we become more a more loyal user base. But I will say I, if you had not stepped up, I would think that you know, from BPX's perspective, they should have made sure it happened because one thing about this group is I I have a friend who's he, he's the international race director for Spartans and I was helping him out on one of his races and I was shocked it was the first time I was around Spartans is that I, I haven't competed one I just was helping him on one aspect and the amount of driven which you would expect in Spartan but this was like an Uber level they were extremely driven many of them company owners, uh, very competitive, nice. It's funny, it's a very much, if I look at the BPX community, it reminds me of the Spartan community. Successful, business owners, driven, but friendly and camaraderie. So I look at the points leaderboard and what that does for sales. So Leonie, you want it because you're competitive, you wanna build these things, you wanna understand what you have. But from BPX's perspective, Isn't that a revenue driver, right? Don't I want to know where I am to drive myself up the leaderboard?
2: Well, that's it, right? That's where like kind of gaming theory starts coming into play. Um, And if you can vision, and this is true across a lot of different, there's so many different angles that you could go after in the leaderboard that would gamify it in different ways. And I know Frenchie loves gamifying. Right, I, I like he absolutely loves it, and I don't blame him because it's fun. It's fun as somebody who designs it. It's also fun watching it get executed, seeing where users gravitate towards. But all it, honestly, when we were getting close to the uh, leaderboard snapshot, did you see the level of activity? I wish I I tracked how often people were coming in, seeing how their point totals changed and how they moved up the leaderboard. But imagine that at a more granular level. Imagine if, uh, and, and by the way. The UI team has done this in a couple areas, right? They did like a Punks Rainbow Set Builder. Obviously, I think they did it with Bantams too. Um, That's like just scratching the surface. I want to be able to connect my wallet to one website, right? And I want to be able to say, all right, if I go to IMs, here's all my IMs, filterable, organized. Where do I stand on the IM leaderboard? Where do I stand? I want to know, hey, do I have the most – blue rainbows like if you can present uh, like five or six different leaderboards and a user and a different user by the way not bjams across the board right if a different user can go and be like i own the most common ims out of everybody or i own the most rainbows or i own the most sets all of those different levels that this data can be sorted would create a whole new level of gamification that would i guarantee you um spur more Trading spur more activity on
1: marketplaces,
2: et cetera.
1: Leone, you you mentioned that you're working with a group of people to present data. Have you thought about taking your different systems and actually charging a subscription for it?
2: No, I, I uh, I've I've thought about it. Uh, and look, I. I <laughs> I always look at it as like, I want to exercise the part of my brain that I went to school for that I was passionate about. But as soon as like strict, hard deadlines came into play, it kind of started taking the fun out of it. Right. So I just view it more as like, here's a hobby. It's not going to be clean. It's not going to be perfect. I'll do my best to clean it up and make adjustments based on recommendations or if something goes wrong. But I'm I'm not in this to make money yet. I'm in it to make money in terms of profitability from the different silos that I'm involved in. But I don't want to hold the community hostage by being the person who's doing some of this analysis. So I'm I'm not there right now. If I can help provide some transparency into things and do it on my terms,
3: <laughs> which is super
2: selfish, right? If I can do it that way, I'm more than happy to do it. But the last thing, like, you know, we, we all have day jobs. A lot of us have families. We have other commitments. The last thing I want to do is start hearing from everybody like you promised this how come i don't have it yet like, right oh, i don't right. want to go there i don't need right. any more of that in my wait life, wait right?
1: so are you telling me in today's america that people feel entitled um all right well <laughs> no, I, that was you saying that i would never say that i like everybody <laughs> all right so let's go over to it looks like tito trying again is that tito welcome to the show um let's let's hear what you have to say
3: oh <laughs> and i'm sorry earlier i actually was trying to use my. Uh, I don't even know what you call it, HomePod or something like that from Apple. And it's supposed to have a microphone on it, but that didn't work. My kids see my <laughs> AirPod Pros and, uh, in my coffee the other day, so those obviously don't work. So now I'm going old school with uh, uh, the, the corded... Um, Your whatever whatever used to come with your iPhone uh, back in the day, but no, I I mean I didn't really have any comments when you originally uh, uh, came on stage, but I definitely wanted to chime in on what Mike was saying about um, the analytics and making those because that is such an astute. Observation that when the leaderboard came up for BPX, man, people were trading out the wazoo. Now, of course, you know, that probably would have happened without a leaderboard because everybody knew they needed to increase their, um, increase their, you know, point totals, etc. But man, when you get to see progress in real time, so to speak, it really it fuels me. Um, and I think everybody who's in block packs is in the sports, right? I mean, that's pretty obvious. And even, even if they're more on like the, uh, the whatever TCG side and magic, the gathering kind of stuff and the Bantam brigade, they're still going to be into like analytics and like, you know, the nitty gritty, um, I think that's in all of us, even even the old school folks, which I guess I'm somewhat old school, uh, probably based upon the majority of demographics. But nonetheless, you know, I think we'll get there. But this is this is the spirit of Web3. It's building with your community to to Mike's point. You know, we all have a responsibility and play a role in that. And I am certainly not a computer scientist, but I, you know, as you and I have talked slappy, I mean, I'm kind of more of an idea guy and a little more of a creative. I don't know how great I am on execution on big projects. Um, But uh, yeah, that's neither here nor there. But I I think the more that we can contribute um, as a community to the project, you know, the faster we're going to get there. Um, And uh, there's no doubt that Blockpacks has some special IP. It's got a special leadership team and uh, no doubt the best community in Web3. And I think the more we continue to support Frenchy's vision, you know, one day, Whenever that day may come, it's going to be a special environment. You know, when we have like whatever, eh, eh, all two, uh, 2,048 uh, RAS spots are, are filled up, right? You know, and, and uh, we got 20,000 active users in the Discord at any given point. Uh-huh. And we're OGs and and God knows what that might mean for <laughs> the, the, our pocketbooks, et cetera. But, um, well, until I mean, then, you know, the spirit of it all is, is, uh, you know, we contribute however we can contribute. And, um, hopefully that kind of accelerates the path to, to overall success.
1: That, that's well put, uh, Tito. And I just want to, something you said, I wanted to ask, uh, Leonie about is that, uh, Tito hit on the team at BPX. So Leonie, we kind of talked about the business level uh, as an analyst yourself, how you would view BP- BPX. From an engineering standpoint, when you look at something like uh, the rocket launch, what they did with the lost miners and the wonders of the first, is we haven't really talked about that, but from your engineering background, you know, does that get you excited? I mean, everything seems to get you excited, but does that <laughs> even more? <laughs>
2: Uh, I was really excited about the engineering feat that, that they pulled off in, in actually getting Lost Miners on the last block, all that kind of stuff. I think that that was awesome. Um, but I'll say I'll I'll, I'll, I'll say this, right? It's fe- feedback on the Wonders of the First. Obviously, it's still early. We still don't know. I expect them to take some learnings from Phantoms, which, you know, will have a game. I think they're going to take some learnings from that and uh, apply it two wonders of the first right but when it comes to like management um and by not not like personnel management or like company management but like products from the different silos that i own wouldn't it be amazing if i could click onto a website and be like all right i know that all i need is x and y and I'll get another Wonders as opposed to I think what we're trying to do right now where it's like we're talking to each other like, is that right? Does that have <laughs> enough? How many right. am I going to get? Like, I own this and that. Does that work? Like, and again, I get it. They don't They don't have the resources, but those are the kind of things that will attract a broader audience as opposed to having to kind of – spend too much time understand the whole ecosystem figure out what the pairings even are what it makes sense what you're getting all that kind of stuff relying just on a discord um to relay that information it's going to be difficult and we haven't a critical mass yet we still have a ton of growth uh that's absolutely coming here and i know it's all on Frenchie's roadmap right um and i'm looking forward to the day when all of this is in place uh but
1: Sorry. I yeah. You you bring up a great point, which is when new people
2: come to the Discord,
1: they ask about the pairings, and I like the fact that one person will add a comment, then somebody will follow up with another comment, and they'll be like, "Oh, by the way, don't forget the Tesla circuit if you bought on Open Open Sea, but it was only you know for that sixty-two hours, and then you have to think in your head." I don't think I would have sold a, a miner yet, but I know I won't sell a miner because of the issue I might have where I sell one of the miners I use to pair with a Tesla circuit. So yeah. yes, to, yeah, to, to your point is to, to simplify that, it would be a nice tool if they had that. Well, and so speaking of the different silos, we don't have too much longer. I appreciate all your, your time, but I'm going to keep you a, a, just a couple more minutes. Which silos, are, are there any silos you're not involved with?
2: Yeah, I'll say... So for me, uh, I'm a little different in the sense that I know some folks are like, and hey, they're not selling, right? They're staying in everything, right? For me, there's so many different things to keep my head around on top of everything else in life, right? So I'm trying my best to pick what's what I'm most passionate about when it comes to hobbies. So I'm not heavily in or in at all any of the barefoot stuff. And I don't know if Bantams is even part of barefoot. I'm in Bantams now.
1: Wait, wait, um, and so when you say you're not in the barefoot, so you don't own a pirate or a parrot.
2: Right. I, and I did, by the way, I went through because <laughs> FOMO hits hard. So wonders of the first got announced. Right. And I was like, Oh no, what's the easiest way for me to try and get more allocation here. So, uh, I grabbed parrots. Um, I didn't get a pirate, uh, and I was, like, trying to figure out how to accumulate more miners and all that kind of stuff. And then HGH got announced, and I was like, that is something I'm r- more interested in. So I'm kind of in the boat of I'm going to pick the ones that I think are, uh, one, going to be fun, but, two, like, appeal to me. And the idea of, like, daily fantasy and – um sports in general, right? Like, yeah, I, I will always gravitate towards that forced so right, so myself <laughs> to sell my par- I sold my parrots to get funds to put into HTH.
1: All right. We 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 have to back up. You, you you mentioned you're a sports person. Are you not a a a a Jimmy Buffett relax on the beach type of person that you had no when Barefoot Republic was starting up and you mentioned you're an OG in block packs, you found no allure to the barefoot republic at any point you were never tempted you're like no
2: oh i i was in on tiki's which is kind of like i feel like the first iteration of it but then i don't know i don't know that that was uh, there were a lot of iterations i think that occurred from tiki's right that were at where we are now but i was just like i don't have i don't have cycles to put towards this i want to focus on these other these other areas at the time so i was in on tiki's but then i was like i can't keep following this i can't keep following this
1: like, I'm, sure. I'm lost. What's next? <laughs> well, that you sound like a Rhode Islander. You don't want a tropical vacation. You just want to go to your cold ocean beach up there. In Rhode I'm, not, I'm not a
2: Buffett guy. I'm, I'm not a big <laughs> Jimmy Buffett
1: fan. All right. Well, I, I, I think it'd be hard to be a, into Barefoot Republic without being one. Okay. So Home Team Heroes and Daily Fantasy. You're excited for those two to drop and see what the product is and see what the team is going to roll out. So from your perspective as an industry analyst, share with us, what would be something you're hoping to see, like, and, and not telling us as one of us, but talking as an industry analyst, if you were advising Block Packs and you were saying when you roll out HTH, and 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 the daily fantasy sports, what are what's one thing for each of those product lines, those silos, you would suggest they do?
2: Oh boy, that's that's a lot. So I'll say this right, and I'll, by the way, I, I would advise this for a lot of tech companies in general, right? Like if I'm talking to Google or Amazon or Microsoft, which I'm talking to those companies on a regular basis, right? Um, It's okay to look at the competitive landscape and understand what's working from those competitors and do something similar. Like that's not death, like who cares, right? If something's working and everybody knows it's working and you also want to play, go for it. So what I would always say, and I'm sure Frenchie's doing this and I'm sure all of us have seen this, Go look at the different daily fantasy websites. Go look at the 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 different user interfaces that work and don't work, right? The last, like, I'm excited for the art that's coming, the unique art. I'm excited for the BPX um, collection that's going to be occurring. But we still have no details on what earns BPX. Or, and rightfully so, it hasn't been launched yet, that's fine. But being able to look at those interfaces of, hey, I can track a game. I know I have three players going on right now. I can log in, I can see, oh, I'm earning X amount of BPX because this guy hit a homer or, or that guy got an RBI, whatever the stats are, which we still don't know, but I'm sure it'll come out, right? How, like, I go back to that management side of it. Like, I don't want to go into OpenSea to try and see all oh, what ones are playing today. I want to be able to log in on Blockpack's website or download an app i want to open the app and say all right i have this this these six different color pop cards that could be earning and that's what they've earned so far that's what i want to see um so take the other daily fantasy websites and user interfaces and modify them to some extent based on what you're doing uh that's that would be my biggest recommendation because the last thing they don't want to reinvent the wheel like there's no need to just take the color pops display them all in a list Show this uh, real time stats if you can. I know APIs cost money, but whatever. Uh, if that can't be the case, no big deal. And then the BPX are like that, that just the, that's like
3: table stakes. You need to have those kind of things.
1: All right. And uh, Tito, did you have a question or a comment?
3: I'm just going to say real quick, and, I, and I'm not sure if this is one of the same, um, but I believe Frenchie said about the DFS stuff. And this is where I don't know if this DF because I'm not, I don't really do daily fantasy I definitely will when it comes on board, um, but I've just never done that uh, in my life. And but I know that they have outsourced the kind of the whole user um, interface uh, and you know data that we, you know whatever you see on. DraftKings, right? When you log in. So I don't know if that is, I know that is, so, so that component will be there, but I'm not sure necessarily that ties into home team heroes. Um, what are y'all's thoughts? I mean, is it, are we talking about two different things here? I, I mean, I, I feel like home team heroes, as I understand it, is a, you know, has the function of kind of daily fantasy sports, right? Um, because it's obviously this, the stats play off of, uh, real time games. Um, so I don't know if there's going to be a totally like, well, I guess I'll just listen to you guys. I mean, do you think those two things are one or separate entities?
1: Hi, I have a couple of comments, but go ahead, Leonie. I'll
2: let you. Yeah, first. no, I, I think they're separate entities, but I don't think that means that they should be, uh, I don't know a good way to put it. Uh, I don't think you should like focus just on one of the interfaces and let the other fall by the wayside. I think that they can be very similar. Um, obviously, DFS is a very defined way of displaying information, and HTH is kind of a different play on that. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure that those are going to be two separate things um, that the team's working on, uh, and I don't even know about the outsourcing component, by the way. But uh, yeah, that's and- my understanding. But again, I don't know. I feel like I, if I'm not on the Discord for like three days and that topic comes up, I'm behind.
1: So, Le- Leone, what Tito's talking about is that uh, Frenchy did bring up. He he mentioned in the space that they had. It sounded like dropped some serious coin on an outside developer who I believe he said even specializes in fantasy. So this isn't something Entropy and his team's working on. This is they went to people who work on daily fantasy, and that's what that's what they were doing. Um, that's separate. God. Yeah, so Tito is that, yeah, my understanding is I agree with you, it is a little bit confusing, is that the home team heroes and the daily fantasy, and they're both coming in generally the same time frame? it makes it confusing because then you say, well, all right, we have no fantasy, and now all of a sudden we're about to have two fantasy products that are gonna revolve in the beginning around baseball, but they're not exactly the same. So it is, there's, I think there's a little bit of confusion around there, but right, home team heroes is you don't do anything, right? It's just you own the card and you're getting the fantasy. Whereas the DFS, the daily fantasy sport that had, they've, sounds like the development's already done. They're just finishing the marketing and figuring the timeline on when to drop it. That, they haven't given us any details, but my belief is it will be like traditional fantasy sports like ESPN, where it's a daily or weekly, but knowing BPX, I'm sure it's going to be a daily roster change league where you have to be an active participant to earn rewards. So that's, that's where I think the two chain differences are going to be. And they have different, they they have room for creativity on home team heroes, right? Obviously daily
2: fantasy really has to follow the mold. The home team hero side of it is where I think that it's, um, There's opportunities to be a little creative, use daily fantasy interfaces as maybe uh, inspiration for something that's cooler. And look, a a part of it, it's not just, oh, this is going to earn BPX for me and hopefully I get color pops, right? Like there's going to be rambles. There's going to be points associated with it. There's going to be a leaderboard associated with it. I would love if it was like, hey, I'm in this silo and I have a whole website i can go to to track all this stuff that'd be cool i get it it's a hard engineering feat but um i think the art is just as important on the home team heroes
1: too by the way right sure and i i didn't want to point out you're listening to bpx break room leone is our guest today i see that Dobbs and crypto join late uh hopefully you'll catch the replay uh in case you weren't familiar with leone's background is that it's it's very impressive and i appreciate you bringing your perspective here today so it looks like we just have five minutes left so Let's talk about geeks for a second. You mentioned Barefoot Republic, you tapped out. So geeks, how many how many geeks do you own?
2: I have two. Um, I have two legends and two heroes now.
1: Okay, um, so wait, I, I have to stop you. Compared to the other OGs, you look at jams, you look at Gen Con, Alpha Trilogy, and you know you go into those lists and they and you know GT Zarek, they have fifty of everything. So why you're obviously into geeks? So you don't believe in stockpiling them, is that? I'm curious to know your reasoning why. Yeah, no, it,
2: it, it's a good question, right? Um, I'll say this. I am oh, I'm cautiously optimistic about emerging projects in tech, but all it takes is to have gotten burnt a few times to prevent you from going too deep in another thing, right? So part of that was just my own past experience of like, eh, this sounds awesome. I want to go super heavy here but <laughs> y- y- you have gotten burnt in the past so relax a little bit. You can always no, go no, heavier
1: later. Like I, that's I I, to I have to ask you were you an autograph? No, 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 I wasn't. All right, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead, but then. No, 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 no. it's
2: fine, right, but like other NFT projects. Um I mean, I've been in crypto for years. You like years like before a lot of people have, right? I mean, I have I built my own personal crypto miner. Like I I was big into it and not just like the the Ethereum and Bitcoin, but like all the different projects that were emerging and all the different altcoins, right? So I've had successes in different areas. I've had failures in different areas. And the failures just – it's like they stick with you longer. So I always operate a little more cautiously. And then at the same time, it's like – I'm, I don't want to go too heavy in one area over the other because there's so many different things going on. Things will just get de-emphasized a little bit. They have to. There's only so much time that can be allocated to the different projects. Like Collision is a great example. Lots are a great example. I like both of those projects, but there's not a ton of time for them to dedicate and grow out those different products. So um, I'm trying to be cautiously optimistic about a lot of the things <laughs> that are happening here. But at the same time, it's like, all right. I don't have unlimited funds. I want to try to be involved in a bunch of different things that I'm really a fan of, or I believe in, or I think will hold future value. Um, and yeah, I'm not saying that the other projects don't hold future value, sure. just kind of my opinion.
1: Right? And in a conversation you and I had off the show is that I think you mentioned the reason why you were mining those altcoins, just for people's clarification, you weren't looking to quote unquote, get rich. You were doing it, you told me, because you wanted to see how it worked. That you wanted to put this together. You wanted to mine these altcoins, right?
2: Yeah, it's kind of funny, right? It's like, obviously, there's a benefit to it where it's, uh, oh my gosh, if I hit big, I'm set, right? But I I fully recognize the chance of that happening is low. So my, my take was like, all right, I see a bunch of these silly people on different social media platforms that are becoming rich, like, I got to understand the inner workings of how this works. Right. It's, it's almost like signing up for like a trade, a uh, stock market trading group with the promise of like get rich quick. And it's like, no, I want to understand their business model here. It's just sign people up, promise wins, and then they don't get them. And then what, you know, I, so I'm a, uh, I built it because it's like, I want to understand how the mining occurs, how optimized can I make my system to like get an advantage. Uh, so yeah, I mean, And it heated my basement, which was awesome because of how insane and how much heat was produced by this thing.
1: (laughs) That's great. Well, Leonie, I I know that you and I have also had discussion on BPX After Dark, which you co-hosted with Jams last week. You were clear that always leave them wanting more. And I have to say – I definitely, I, I'm looking at the time and I'm saying, I, I have at least another hour of questions for you. I know we're not going to do that today. I hope you'll come back another time. And and on the next show, I'm going to make sure that this podcast is featured prominently so folks can really understand where you come from. And I think and when folks listen, they're going to have a lot of questions for you. Is I'm very appreciative of your insight today, but we're going to wrap it up. Any final thoughts, Leona, you want to share? Um, big final
2: thoughts, right? I mean, I'm incredibly excited for what's to come with BPX, everything Blockpack stands for. I'm ecstatic about all the progress that's been made. Uh, And really, whenever you you see me in the Discord saying something, and you're probably like, no, this guy's a fool. Like, no, I I, I just like kind of offering different opinions to make people kind of think and figure out, hey, does that work? Does that not work? Why wouldn't it? Why could it? Et cetera. So um, I'm all about growth. I'm all about uh, trying to grow this community and um, get bigger and bolder. And, you know, maybe we all make some good money. If not, we make some good friends and relationships. And there you go
1: very well put thank you leone and i want to remind everybody you've been listening to bpx break room our guest today has been leone we now have three community driven spaces we have bpx break room which is every wednesday at 12 noon eastern tomorrow every thursday at 9 we have bpx after dark and now every sunday we have bpx after dark the auction edition with breaking bangers breaking down the auction items starting at 8 45 every single sunday I want to thank my guest, Leone, for bringing his insight, which has been unique. I think. <laughs> thank you, Tito. And getting to Tito, I want to thank Tito for coming up on stage and speaking. But it really goes to the community that Leone was just talking about that we can bring in industry insiders like Leone on here to talk about BPX and how he views things. So very appreciated, uh, very appreciative of that. I also want to thank everyone who listened. You, the BPX community, are the best in Web3. We know that. And we look forward to hearing Gen Con back here next week. Thank you, everyone, and have a great day.
0: You've been listening to BPX Breakroom, which is broadcast live each Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern in Twitter spaces at Radish Digital. That's digital with a J. I've been your host, Discord user Jen Khan, and I wanted to thank today's co-host and you, the listener. A special thanks to those in the audience who raised their hand and came up on stage, helping to make BPX the best community in Web3. BPX is a community built for collectors by collectors. That's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.